Hello. Okay, guys. So today we have somebody very, very special. Um, as you guys know, I started my business um, July of 2019. And literally within those first five months, I was trying to figure it out. I was still in corporate and I was trying to figure it out. And then I heard this message and I was, at first I was taking it back. I was like, is he talking to me? I, how did he do such a thing? I was like, I was a little upset, but then I really sat with it. And I was like, this word literally is what's going to change my business. I have to be this person. So I'm going to cue the intro and we will be back and it's going to be amazing. Hey guys, Carrie here, and welcome to the Visibility Playground Podcast. The podcast that shares visibility journeys of entrepreneurs and teaches listeners how to use visibility to build their brand and attract an audience of raving fans and customers. Every week, we will be bringing you stories and advice from entrepreneurs who've achieved visibility success, as well as helpful tips and strategies to help you grow and scale your business and really get it in the way that you always wanted. So join us and let's create a world where your story of your business is seen and heard. The one and only <laughs> Alex Sharpton. So, so I am so honored and humbled and grateful that you said yes to Caretober. <laughs> um, because I was watching a video of yours probably like February of 2020. I had just left corporate and you had said, the reason why you don't have the business that you want is that you're not the person for your business. And when I heard it, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I am the person for my business. I am. I'm doing all the things. I left corporate. I'm going all in. And he just said, like, it's, I'm the reason why we haven't hit the goal. <laughs> and then I sat with it after the shock of like me feeling like you called me out. <laughs> <laughs> I sat with it and I was like, well, I'm not the person for my business because realistically, if I want at this time, if I want a six figure business, I need to do what a six figure business owner does. And am I doing that? And I realized I wasn't. And I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and then from that moment, as I left corporate in February, five months later, we hit six figures. Hmm. And I was like, well, then. So then I was like, well, if that's that easy, maybe I just need to mentally prepare myself for being a seven-figure business owner. And that's what I've been doing. And now we're, we're training towards that. But like literally your that video for me and then even the entrepreneur um, code, for me, I was like, who is this man? How does he understand my spirit? Like, <laughs> he, he gets what the... He, get, he answers all the questions that I have internally. <laughs> <laughs> he answers all the questions that I have. I'm like, well, how do I get there? If I need to, and you're like, these are the things that you should work on. I'm like, thank you, people who finally understand me. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember because we hit six figures so fast, I was looking at it and I was like, well, he didn't say this, but I'm going to start over at the beginning because there's some stuff that I didn't work on to be on the billionaire to code. Yeah, in the billionaire code to be ready for the next step. Like yeah. I was like, I don't. I was like, I need to actually check off fully these pieces. And I remember I was talking to one of my clients, and we were talking about that. And I was like, just because somebody might have the revenue goal of like a multi million dollar business, they might not have the infrastructure to actually scale the right way to where they're not 
falling off and things like that. So like I was showing him like, hey, you gotta check this out. He has a chart. You know how I love charts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all love charts? <laughs> I was like, you know how much I love a good old chart. <laughs> they looked at it and they were like, oh my gosh, this is just, oh, this is so cool. I was like, I know. And then like we had got the planner. So like I've been obsessed with you. I was like, I love the orange glasses, clearly. <laughs> 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 I was like, he is a man of my heart. So I'm, I'm, I just want to tell you thank you. Really, this like I was excited for you to say yes because I just really want to tell you thank you. Like, mm. if I wouldn't have heard a lot of times, like my dad used to always say, he was like, sometimes you have to hear it from the right person at the right time for it to make sense. And I feel mm. like you were that person that when you said it, it just finally made sense. And I was like, huh. If I would have did it all my other businesses, maybe I could have did quicker, faster. But I wasn't I wasn't mentally in that place. And you came at the exact right time. So I just want to tell you, thank you for being such for you being able to step into your purpose to be able to help somebody like me step into mine. Oh, Carrie, thank you so much. That that was such a incredible um, welcome and so heartfelt and so personal and so real and genuine and vulnerable. And I, I appreciate it like crazy. Thank you. No. OK. So for the people who've been hiding under the rocks, and like, <laughs> uh, under the rock and then under the water, and under the rock, <laughs> how did you become the Alex Sharpton that every like I know and love? And kind of like where was like your first like spark of saying like I can do more than this? Like I can do more than just being like the Alex Sharpton that my mom and dad love. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's interesting that you bring up my mom and dad, Carrie. You know, when I when people ask me, where did your entrepreneurial journey start? I usually share that it was when I was a kid. You know, I was one of those kids who was really different. I was I was socially awkward. I didn't get along with students, didn't get along with teachers. I, I did okay in school, not great. Sometimes I did terrible. Sometimes I did pretty well. So I looked really inconsistent. And I started working with my father really young at about eight years old. And working and being in business and having business conversations made it so like the variables were lower it made it easier to understand and so I, I really felt like that was a place where I didn't feel as uncomfortable and I didn't feel as awkward I didn't feel as weird and so you know I've been running businesses um working working since I was about eight but also like running businesses since I was little like if you consider selling candy to the other kids at school a business or window washing I had a, a financial company in college um, owned a consultancy in my 20s, uh, had a real estate company in my early 30s, and then uh, finally got online and started doing online products and online businesses right at around 2007, coming out of a bankruptcy. And we were we were involved in real estate during the mortgage collapse. And so um, the way that, that we got to here is uh, we introduced a product in the real estate industry called the Certified Distressed Property Expert Designation. It became the biggest designation in the history of real estate. We did about $70 million from 2008 to about 2013 or 14. And, um, and that's when right around 2014, 15, 16, right around there is where I started really working on what today is called the entrepreneurial personality type. The other framework you mentioned, the billionaire code, really um, content and information to help entrepreneurs really do three things, understand themselves better, grow businesses consistently, and be able to build a team and, and grow a business by doing less, like doing less to grow and scale faster. And so um, I hope that answers your question. No, I love that. And I remember, so 
I turn 33 tomorrow, so my birthday's tomorrow, but, like, I was, I graduated in 08, so, like, every time I hear people talking about 08, I'm like, I, like, I should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> I should have understood that. <laughs> I should have, like, been in it there, but, like, I hadn't, I was still very much, like, I was, I went to military college for two years, like, I was thinking I was going to go into the military, like, my dad, so, like, entrepreneurship, even though my dad had owned real, real estate my whole life and did um, stocks, like actually owning your own business didn't really click for me until 2014 when I started my first business and my dad was looking at me like, what are you doing? I was like, doing my own business, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, it's interesting because like when I heard that story and I, it's funny because like in high school, you don't really realize all this happening. But I remember my dad was super stressed out in 08. Like oh, I yeah. remember the stress levels that he had in 08 yeah. about his real estate properties. And I'm like, daddy, what's wrong? He was like, he used to always be upset. <laughs> yeah. And now looking back at it and hearing everybody's stories about that 08 and even just like with the shift in 08 with um, Facebook and stuff, I'm like, I just miss all of that curve of that, of the moment of like when, when you could just like throw an ad up and like, it would just work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, it was a very interesting time. You know, that what happened in real estate in 2007, 2008, you know, it was, it was international news and uh, we were in the middle of it. And I think, you know, if your dad was too, it was, it was an incredibly difficult time, but um, we were very fortunate well, we made a lot of our own luck as well. We worked really hard getting out of bankruptcy to start a product, to put it out there. And it it, uh, it did extraordinarily well, thank goodness. From the time that we declared bankruptcy to about a year later, we were liquid millionaires again. And then we kept building from there. That is so amazing. So in that situation, what was the one thing that you would say kind of helped create that trajectory? Like, was it just like focus? Was it like um, personal development work that you had done before? Like, what was that one thing? Because like, realistically, I know my dad was super stressed during that time. Luckily, he had did um, some stuff with like with the government in terms of like doing government, like doing Section 8 and things like that. So he didn't have to like, none of his stuff went in the foreclosure. But like he had, he did it real quick. Like it was like something he was like, let me put my paperwork in. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, glad he did that. He was like, there was so many of his friends that were like stuff was going into foreclosure like crazy. Like one of um, my dad's really close friends, like he had maybe like 10 properties going to foreclosure within six months. And I was like, oh my gosh. So what was that thing for you in that time that kind of was like that I, almost what I think could probably be like that you could find in all of your journeys? You know, Carrie, I don't, I don't want to make it sound easier than it was. It was an incredibly difficult time. It was one of the the toughest times in my my life, my professional career. Uh, but if I look back at that time and I think, you know, what was it that made it so that we could get past it? You know, definitely my wife used to make us express gratitude at the end of the day, every day, three things we were grateful for. That definitely was part of it. I think... Um, creating a product where we were in the middle of this huge crisis that solved an individual's person, a problem, like somebody's problem was really a big deal. Cause when you're in a crisis, you have to solve a problem. You know, you have to give somebody a pain, painkillers do so much better than vitamins in any market, but in a crisis, people don't pay attention to vitamins. They need painkillers. And so we were solving a problem. But when I really look at it, I think, you know, after, after we went through the pain of realizing we were going to go bankrupt, after we really like came to terms with that was what was happening, it was 
getting real, like getting real about the fact that, look, we were going bankrupt. Nobody was coming in to save us. There was something that, you know, that we needed to figure out what was going to happen next. And, um, and, and realizing that everything in our lives was going to change. And so like coming to terms with that before it all happened was incredibly important. And I share that with you at a level of detail, because I think in the next, you know, year to two or three years, we are going to see some similar stuff happening out there. You know, I think we're already starting to see the, the, uh, the early signs that we're entering into a recession or something, you know, like that, they keep changing the definitions of that thing. So it's kind of hard to know where we really are. But, um, you know, for anybody out there who's who's in that that situation, you know, the faster you come to terms with where you are and you put some good habits in place, that's really how you get past something that difficult. And I, I love that because I think that as entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs that come from corporate, I feel like the ability to take responsibility is still very hard. Mm -hmm. Because like when you're in corporate, like you really don't have to take that much responsibility because you know that somebody else over there is going to figure it out. Like, I just need to make sure I'm good. But yeah. like as an entrepreneur, like really you look around and you're like, oh, there, there, there's no one here yeah. <laughs> but me. And being able to really take responsibility and actually be honest with yourself as an entrepreneur and say, hey, this is the current situation that we're in. And like, really, like, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we always want to make it seem better than what it really is. Yeah, we're eternal optimists. That's true. You know, we're we. Like, oh, it's not that bad. And then you're yeah. like, no, no, it, it's it was bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so like, let's, let's, let's know that it's bad and then be able to actually make a plan for your current situation. Because I think the one thing that you taught me is that a lot of times, like, you have to know where you are to be able to know where you're going. And a lot of times people will think they're somewhere else and they'll try to fix that problem. But because they're not really there, they're all, they're just creating like these, these scaffolding of situations. So then it falls. Yeah. And it's like, no, like really figure out where you are so you can be able to truly understand where you're going and then create the steps necessary to hit that. So you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you've been through the billionaire code more than once. <laughs> I feel like you're reading off of my script. Um, <laughs> I'm always I'm like, this is well, anybody who wants to check it out can go to billionairecode.com. And, you know, um, what you said, Carrie, is, is it's really true. You know, like what, as, as entrepreneurs, let me rephrase that. So when I go out and speak, I often share with audiences that the average person could not sit in the chair we occupy for more than like a few hours with abs without absolutely like losing their minds. It, it, it's so overwhelming to do what we do. And such a big part of that is exactly what you just said. You know, in most people's lives, and, and when I say most people, I'm talking about people who aren't entrepreneurs, people who work at corporate, people who have jobs, um, not all. But in a lot of their lives, you know, they're they're constantly looking to avoid responsibility. And I don't say that as a condemnation. I don't say that as a judgment. I just say it as a fact. That's reality. You know, if you look at employee surveys, if you look at uh, how people behave in, in corporate jobs, I've worked with corporations for a long time as a consultant. The, the uh, avoidance of responsibility is like a part-time job for anybody who has one of those jobs, for most of them. I don't want to say anybody, for most. And as entrepreneurs, the faster that we realize that we are responsible for everything, 
the faster things really start moving forward. And, you know, I have this sign on the way into my office that has three equations on it. And one of them is responsibility over blame. And, you know, when, when I, and, and above on, on top of the, the, uh, the, the plaque, it says live above the line. And so every day I think to myself, like anything that's happening in my life, anything, is my responsibility because that's the only way I can fix it. The second that I turn over responsibility to somebody else, the second I blame the market, the media competition, something that somebody else did, something that, you know, somebody else did to me, I actually take myself out of the place of responsibility, which is also taking myself out of the place of being the solution. I love that because, um, in one of our coaching programs, the collective, we have a piece that I call intention. And in that piece is where we look at what their what their goals are and we create a backwards path of what they need to do to make it happen. And then I always ask them every couple of weeks, I'm like, so where are you? And they're like, oh, I didn't do that. And I'm like, so if we don't, we, if we don't hit this goal, whose fault is it? And yeah. they're like, it's mine. I'm like, okay. I was like, just so like when it happens, you're not like, oh my gosh, Carrie, so everything went wrong. Did you hit your steps? Did you do your pieces? Have you had these conversations? If you haven't had these conversations, you can't be mad at anybody if you didn't hit your revenue goal yeah. because you have a plan. And I feel like a lot of times, like for me, understanding my numbers have been my way of really being able to take responsibility in the business because I'm like, if I don't have, if I haven't had 10 conversations this week, then I can't be mad at anybody at the end of the month when I didn't hit my revenue goal. Yeah. I can't be mad at anybody. I can only be like, Carrie, yep, that was you. That was all yeah. you. Yeah. Like, I, I can be like, Krista, what did we do? And she's going to be like, Carrie, that was all you. Yeah. You know, I think, I think you bring up such a, such a really important point, Carrie, is that for us as entrepreneurs, you know, perspective is everything. And oftentimes we get lost in perspective. You know, we're that tiny little percentage of the population that gets up every morning, travels into the future, creates a new reality. Then we come back to the present and we demand it becomes real. And that journey, that process is one that the average person really doesn't understand and it's difficult it's it's heavy it's uh you know anybody who says entrepreneurship is easy is trying to sell you something and you should run away from them you know <laughs> and uh and when you when you when you lose perspective as to what's going on in the present that's when you often will look back and say man you know i i had this number of months number of quarters number of years where i didn't really make progress and the more that we have measurement in place that can give us clear perspective that's when we really find ourselves moving forward so mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm, I'm loving this interview because it's like you're, you're teeing me up for each little part of what I normally share. You're like, you're like Karen, what else did I say amazing? <laughs> what was that other amazing thing that I said? <laughs> this is awesome. No, but it's like, and I think for me, that's why you have been so instrumental and like, there's so many times that like, I'll do an interview and I always tell people that as an entrepreneur, you have to truly step in to the version of yourself that you want yourself to be in all aspects. Are yeah. you creating the action? Do you have the mindset and do you have the responsibility? And I think it was, it was you. And then it was also Tony Robbins that said something. It was all at the same time. And I was like, I'm over both of them. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, are you the bottleneck of your business? You're like, and then you were like, 
you don't have this. I'm like, why are they coming for me? <laughs> well, it's not, it's not just you, you know, it's everybody, you know, what, what I share often is, and, and it, I say it in a number of different ways, but if you don't have the business want, you want, you haven't become the person who can run it yet. And you know, that, that it's hard to argue the opposite. It's hard to argue anything contrary to that because we are the biggest driver of our business. Even after you build a team, even after you hit a million, even after you hit 10 million, a hundred million, it doesn't matter. The person who is in charge is always the most important part of the equation. Now, team becomes more important, you know, leadership becomes more important, having executives around you becomes more important, but you are still always the most important part of the, the equation because you're guiding, you're managing, you're directing, you're painting that vision, you're moving people in the right direction. So what would be the advice that you would give to 30-year-old Alex now? Because hmm. you're like, it's only five years, five years, but you know. Oh, no, this is, that's three years ago. I'm, I'll turn 50 in November. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what would, what advice would I give? You know, if, if we go back a little earlier, it makes a little, it, it makes it easier for me. I think, you know, um, what, what we teach entrepreneurs, and you know this from the billionaire code, is we teach frameworks which, which create process, structure, and routine. And I think as entrepreneurs, here's what happens to us. You know, we, we leave a job and then because we want freedom, and so we quit the 9 to 5, and then we pick up a 9 to 10. And I mean 9 in the morning till 10 at night. And we fight structure. And we fight process, we fight routine. You know, it's like I, I talk to entrepreneurs about about how process, structure, and routine will set you free. And they say things like, "But I don't want to do the same thing every day. I don't want to have a morning routine. I don't want to have meetings every week. I don't want." Well, if, if you don't want to have any of those things, it makes it really hard to succeed as an entrepreneur. Because regardless of what anybody says out there, success as an entrepreneur is consistency. It's consistently doing the right things. It's consistently making the right choices. It's consistently investing the time, effort, energy, focus, and money that you have in a place where it's going to move you forward. And so uh, I was just like everybody else. If I go back to my 20-year-old self, I was fighting process. I was fighting structure. I was fighting systems and routine. I used some of them, and that's what kept my businesses alive. But if I could go back, I would say, like, lean in so much harder, and things will get so much easier way faster. And I think I would tell myself to stop making decisions for the person that I am and start making decisions for the person that I want to be. And I would get there so much faster. I love that, especially with the systems, because I remember when we scaled, because we scaled within like five months. And I remember having the systems for the business that we had at like... <laughs> It said, and, and literally every month it was breaking. Yeah. I'm like, why is it breaking? And then like, I went and I listened to your stuff and I was like, so if I build my systems for a million dollar business, literally as I go up, it will just grow with me. And then it'll actually save me more time. And I remember the team was like, Carrie, why are we doing all these steps right now? It's not, a, I was like, because we're preparing ourselves. Yeah. I was like, we're preparing ourselves because once we get there, when we got there, we're like, oh, okay. And then even like my clients are always like, Carrie, why are we doing this now? And I'm like, because we're setting ourselves up for five years. And like, I have a client um, that I've been working with since 2020. And she literally went from like 4,000 followers to like 200,000 followers. 
And she's done all this stuff. And like, she, at the beginning, that first couple of months, she was like, Carrie, why do you have me doing all this work? Why are we creating all this stuff? And about four months ago, she was like, oh, Carrie, I get why you made me do all this stuff now. <laughs> I don't have to get ready because I'm already ready. I'm like, exactly. I was like, it, I don't, literally, I'm like, I don't want you to be me. I don't want you to be crying in a corner talking about why did I do this to myself every other month? I want you to be like, oh, we're here. Let me just pull this out the document and I'm ready to go. So I tell people like, if you have a plan and you have the process and the systems and even the framework, everything becomes so much more simpler because you're not trying to figure it out. You just have to work your plan. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I, I think, it's interesting, Carrie, when, and, and you're doing it right. Like you're looking at that next level, you're understanding what you need next. But I, I often share with entrepreneurs, you know, if your business is broken, if, the, if your business will always be broken and if things go well, it'll continue to be broken. Like your business is broken, things go well, it always will be. And the reason is, as we grow a business, growth creates complexity and success creates deficit. And so the more that we grow and the more that we're successful, the more we break things in our business. And so what we want is we want that process, that structure, that routine so that we build a business that can overcome obstacles because you can't anticipate all of them. Mm -hmm. And so whenever somebody comes to me and says like, Alex, I feel like everything in my business is breaking. I'm like, congratulations. And they'll <laughs> look at me funny and I'll say, no, if, if your business is breaking, so tell me like, how fast have you grown? What milestone are you hitting? And, and almost always they'll say, oh, well, we had this huge year last year. We went from 400,000 to 1.1 million. Or they'll say, you know, oh, you're right. My team went from six people to 11 people and we're now doing two and a half million. And you know, whenever, when, when we grow, our business breaks and the more accustomed we get to that the more comfortable we get to that with that the faster our business will grow i i completely agree because i feel like as i went through those through that it taught me so much it taught me so much and it also prepared me to even look for like it's almost like the the symptoms of like mm -hmm. okay let's everybody let's gather around let's hold hands Here's some duct tape just in case that that, yeah. <laughs> that let me breaks over there. I trust you. All right, let's and we'll get through this. Um, okay, so I know that you do a lot of um, a lot of amazing things. You've been doing this for so long. Have you ever had fears around visibility? I think um, anybody who says that they don't have fears around visibility probably isn't really in touch with who they are or what's going on for them. You know, um, I've I've uh, I've been a speaker since I was in high school. I was very fortunate to get into an incredible speech class and and spent four years with the the same coach, the same instructor. And so I've I've always done a lot of public speaking. I've done thousands of hours of live TV. Um, I've done a lot of selling on TV. I've done a lot of news. Um, you know, like being a, a guest. Um, I've spoken it at, at that's probably thousands of events now. And, you know, that, that gives me a tremendous amount of experience and a lot of knowledge of like what to do if something goes wrong. But I think that I'm just like every other entrepreneur out there. I, you know, I struggle with both um, challenges around visibility and then the occasional bout of imposter syndrome. If anybody who says that they don't, I, again, I feel like they're either 
they're, they're afraid to be vulnerable, they're afraid to be real, or they, they're not really in touch with those feelings. And so I have a podcast, you know, you, I'm sure you're familiar with Momentum Podcast, and it sounds like you listen a lot. Um, <laughs> and there's Maybe. a, <laughs> so, so if, if you go to my website, you can search and there's a, a podcast called Kill the Imposter. And, you know, for me, the way to get around those challenges with visibility, the fear, the feelings of vulnerability was to get up every single day and do it and just put something new out there and um and release judgment and just like put it out there and walk away from it and you know what's great about social media is that if you're on facebook or instagram or TikTok or any of those things anything you do is only going to be there for a few days anyway you know it's not like it's not like it's a, it, it, sure it's part of your quote-unquote permanent record but man people have to dig for it if they're going to find the early stuff <laughs> and uh and so you know for me i think the the biggest feelings of challenge around visibility went went was when i went from selling a real estate product to selling solutions that that I created for myself, like the same process, the same structure, the same planner I use, the same information I use. It was like, you know, I, I, this all then this was about 10 years ago. And you know, this all works for me, but is it going to work for everybody else? Or are people going to think I'm crazy? Or, it, you know, how much judgment am I going to get here? And Carrie, I, I can remember back to the first time I ever did a Facebook Live on the entrepreneurial personality type, I had been intending to do it for three or four days. And finally, we were going to a wedding for one of my wife's friends. And we were on our way into the hotel. And I'm like, Katie, I'll be in in just a couple minutes. And I did a Facebook Live, like standing out in front of the hotel and finished it. And I'm like, okay, I did it. I finally did the first one. And you know, that's, I think that's what you have to do is, is like put it out there one step at a time. And, and for me, what offsets those really challenging feelings of vulnerability and imposter syndrome and everything else is to get really focused on who I'm talking to. And I know, you know, this is, I'm not the first one to say it, but I think about one person, one person that I, that I've talked to before that I've helped a friend of mine, a client, somebody that I know, uh, I think of the conversation we had where they were struggling. And then I go, you know, and, and do that piece of content and I speak directly to them. And that does two things. It makes it infinitely easier, but it also makes it so that that comes across in a way that people feel like you're talking to them. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I always tell people like I have a degree in humanistic psychology and I always tell people like one of the innate needs of humans is to feel belonging and to be accepted. Yeah. So like, and social media literally goes against all of like, they were like, yes, we're going to judge you. Yes. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to like, look at you and be like, then they know what they're talking about. So it is scary. It is going to be fears around it. And I tell people, it's like, you have to, I love that you said it and just put it out there. I call it put pet, pet fish energy on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I always tell people like we had a fish that committed fish aside like 10 times and we had like different variations of this fish. Oh man, I had that <laughs> fish when I was growing up. It was horrible. <laughs> like five like, or six times. And then we just gave up. In fact, like my family had an empty aquarium for years. <laughs> we did too. We had and my mom was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. <laughs> like, it just keeps committing suicide. So, like, I always tell people, like, you want to think about your content like that. Some You put it out there. And if it decides to flip out and commit suicide, 
guess what? There's another fish that's waiting at the pet place for you to pick up another one. <laughs> and like my class always like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And like, so now they're like, here, I've just put a little pet fish energy on it. <laughs> I love the analogy. <laughs> So do you have anything coming up right now that like we can make sure the audience knows about or where they can find you online? Absolutely, Carrie. So um, if you're a podcast listener, uh, the podcast is called Momentum for the Entrepreneurial Personality Type. It's available everywhere that podcasts stream. And you can go to our website, MomentumPodcast.com. And there's a search engine there that if you're an entrepreneur and you're having a specific issue, go search that issue. Chances are there'll be a few episodes about it. We just hit 3.1 or well, we're well over 3.1 million downloads in 101 countries. And so there's a ton of information there. And then, you know, since you you brought it up. I think the best place for people to go if you want to understand how to consistently scale as an entrepreneur and put your your investment in time, effort, energy, focus, and cash in the right place, go to billionairecode.com and download the framework. Um, I really appreciate your introduction for it. You know, uh, it's what we use with our, our clients. It's what I use when I'm consulting in private. It's what I use for my own business to know exactly where I should be. I like, guys, I'm telling you, like, when you see it, your life is going to change. You're like, all I need to do is follow the steps. And he even tells me what I need to make sure I keep a focus on as I go through this part. Do I have these things checked off? Yes, yes. All right, move on to the thing. I'm bringing you to sell the billionaire code next time. I speak. <laughs> I'm here for all of it. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much, guys. I'm going to say bye to Alex. Thank you for hanging out with me for another amazing episode of Character And I'll see you guys next time. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Visibility Playground podcast. If you're now like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to dive into my visibility, or you're just like, I just want to assess where I am in my visibility journey, take the Visibility Vitals Check Quiz. You can go to www.visibilityvitalquiz.com. I will make sure that I put it in the show notes, but make sure that you go take the quiz, DM me, let me know how it went. Talk soon.